Welcome to Top 5, a show where we bark, we quack, we bite, we scratch all the way up to the top. We claw. Of our favorite things. This week's Top 5, Top 5 Talking Animals. Top 5 Talking Animals, this time on Top 5. So I don't know, we didn't put any stipulations on the talking animals, which concerns me because... animals that talk. I mean, you could go into every Disney movie, mm-hmm. and you could have mm-hmm. talking animals there. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's usually a talking animal somewhere in a Disney you could, movie. You could watch five minutes of Cartoon Network and count yeah. probably yeah. more fingers than you have. In my case, 13 talking animals. So talking animals this week, going to be interesting because there's a lot of them. Still a kind yeah. of a difficult yep. list to kind of pin down to my top five. Agreed. My my number five favorites are the most notable. Yeah, my number five uh, goes back to a movie long, 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 long time ago. This movie came out. A musical. Surf Nazis must die. No, uh, much, 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 much earlier than that. Uh, a sh- uh, a Battle movie that. Potemkin. No, no, no. Go forward a little bit further. <laughs> Battleship Surf. No, wait. No, that joke doesn't work. It uh, joke withdrawn. Everyone. They would show this movie about once a year, I think, on CBS. And it was like one of those things that as a kid growing up, you'd sit down because really you didn't have anything else to watch whenever I was growing up. You'd sit down and you'd watch this movie about a little girl from Kansas who gets blown all the way across the other side of the rainbow and has magnificent adventures with a scarecrow, has adventures with a tin man, and most importantly, the talking animal, the cowardly lion. Mm. Now, yes, granted, Put him up. Put him up. he's a guy in a suit, but he is a still a an talking animal. animal, a talking lion, Car- cowardly a lion. Great. Yes, <laughs> very <laughs> much an early furry, uh, but uh, a great characterization in the film. So much more different than what Baum had put in the uh, in the books. Uh, just everything. I mean, sure, the the three supporting characters uh, were there a lot of the times for comedic relief. But I think the cowardly lion among all of them is what still drew the most laughs from me. And that's why I'm putting the cowardly lion on my talking animals list at number five. Zach, what do you have for my number five? I go to the lands of Disney movies. Right. Go to the the lands of the ice and snow. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Uh, Number five. There are Disney movie by the name of Emperor's New Groove that came out. Oh, when I was about ninety six or something like that. Two thousand. Two thousand, really? Wow. Two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, it is a wonderful movie, and in that, the uh, main character Cusco, played by David Spade, ends up being turned into a llama, and hijinks <laughs> hijinks ensue of trying to reclaim his throne and the kingdom and I mean it's a great movie and him playing a llama going through canyons and jungles and escaping a falling waterfall and all manner of bad stuff in between just a funny movie Cusco Rodrigo what do you have as your number five Uh, my number five is A dog from a video game. <gasps> That's right. So um, this isn't just a talking animal. This is a rapping animal 
and I'm talking about uh, Parappa the Rapper from no. the uh, the eponymous hero of the video. Parappa the yes. Rapper. Yes. Um, he has a dog that is trying to learn the ropes of being an awesome rapper, and also like accomplish random errands, like learn to drive and learn kung fu and just being, stupid being things like that. Being taught by a scallion. Yeah. Um, so it's a uh, it's a game that is much like. Um, Guitar Hero, for example, it's a, you know, press the button in the right sequence and the right rhythm um, as the song is going. And it is actually really hard. Oh, really? Or at least when I was playing it, I found it really difficult. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And the music was actually really catchy. Um, Parappa doesn't have much going for him, but he is like kind of your point of view character to this really weird kind of 2D flat universe that is still in three dimensions so like all the characters are like paper thin um and there's all this like weird stuff going on like really bright shiny world populated by talking animals and or vegetables um so yeah my number five is parappa the rapper all right surprises <laughs> surprises around every turn oh hi matthew surprises Surprise us with your but number five. But nothing dangerous. But nothing yet. My number five may or may not be something that you would expect if you listen to me talk. I am a fan of many bizarre, freakish things. And some of the things that I love are also things that are kind of obscure. And people are like, oh, that's really obscure and you're stupid. However, the other half of the things that I love are things that are really mainstream and people are like, oh, that's really mainstream and you're stupid. <laughs> my number five is the first thing that popped into my head when you said talking animal. And my number five, of course, is Brian Griffin from the much maligned <laughs> and rightfully so television cartoon Family Guy, simply because... I think when you look at Brian, you're looking at a character in a basically a sitcom, an ongoing series. And Brian started out on the show as kind of an author avatar where he's all like, oh, well, this is good. And this is hers. And after a while, they started playing this into his character and he became the sanest person on the show. And then after a while, he became just an utter D bag and that became his character. But throughout the show, he has these wonderful moments of clarity where you're just like, this is a strong character. He is hopelessly in love with his best friend's wife, but he can't do anything about it. And when he does, terrible things happen. He wants so bad to be a writer. and He wants to be understood and he wants to be loved. And everything that he does completely destroys everything that he wants. And I think what really sells it for me is sometime, I think, around episode uh, Fava Fava where he's trying to make the next-door neighbor love him. He's like, I can't understand why you don't like me. How can you not like me? And Quagmire tells him, he's like, you constantly hit on your best friend's wife. He pays for your food. He rescued you from death, and this is how you repay him. And you poop all over his yard, and you're such a sponge. I, you know, I, I date women for their bodies, but at least I'm honest about it. I don't buy them a copy of Catcher of the Rye and then lecture them about some seventh-grade interpretation of how Holden Caulfield was some profound intellectual. It's literally a four-and-a-half-minute speech about why the character sucks. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, this cartoon character, this seemingly two-dimensional character that we're all like, oh, ha-ha, he just got told how much he sucks, comes home, 
walks into Stewie's room and says, is it okay if I sleep in here? And Stewie's like, have you been crying? He's like, no. And I felt so bad for this imaginary talking dog because he's a three-dimensional character. And what seals it for me is there's an episode where we find out what Brian keeps in his safe deposit box. A book that he loves, a bottle of expensive scotch, and a gun for the day when he decides that it's no longer worth it all. Hour-long episode, a cartoon baby and a cartoon dog talking about self-awareness and life and why it has meaning. And at the end of that episode, I was just like, holy crap, I just watched an hour-long cartoon with a talking dog that made me feel better about my life. And that is why my number five is Brian Griffin, Talking Dog. All right, there you go. Wow. Talking animals. Getting a little deep there, Matthew. Talking dog. (laughs) Let's get to our number four. Uh, Number four for me, uh, I think, became a lot more popular when... The big, uh, the big name movies came out. I think it was Michael J. Fox that did the voice. I think I don't remember, uh, but I really fell in love. Sarge, yeah. Sarge, what are we, what are we doing? Here? Was that who it was, Rodrigo? It's Platoon, isn't it? No. Platoon. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I really fell in love with this character when I read. I read the book when it in its original form. <laughs> I didn't have to wait for a movie to come out or see a little. It wasn't even Golden Books. I mean, this is a uh, if I remember correctly, E.B. White. It's a, a short novel. It's a bookie book. Uh, yeah, it's a bookie book. Uh, Stuart Little. Alex P. Keaton. I'm pretty sure that he played that voice in the in the movies. Uh, 1999's he Stuart did. Little, the story about a family who adopts a charming young mouse named Stuart, and all of the adventures that come after that. And I just remember reading the books as a kid, and I was, uh, I don't know, seven or eight when I first read the when, read the book through, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating about the, the mouse, and he rides a little wind-up car, and that, that cat hates him, and oh no, he fell down the radiator, and now he has to venture out into the world and try to get back home, and The Adventures of, of Stuart Little, just a great book, a 1945 book, uh, by the way, E.B. White, uh, the guy who also wrote Once in Future King, and if I'm not mistaken, also wrote... The Trumpeter Swan or The Swan That Trumpeted, I forget which one it was. Um, just loved E.B. White books as a kid, and Stuart Little is one of those that just has amazing adventures and opens up a whole new world of adventure. And I think it's a great book for kids to uh, to show them that the world isn't just the four walls of their house or their apartment, but uh, a bigger place that they can go outside and explore, and it's done through a little talking mouse. And there you go. My number four, Stuart Little. There you have it. Zach, over to you. All right. Number four. Number four. I feel bad about this one because I'm going to cheat. My number four (laughs) comes. My number four is also Brian Griffin. (laughs) And it was a thing in a dog. My number four is the brave little toaster. (laughs) (laughs) Is my mother the car? This comes from. Uh, the greatest <laughs> Disney movie ever made in form of Aladdin. And my number four is Abu. Now, I wrestled my mind whether to put him on the list or not because does he actually speak? Well, he speaks, but he speaks, he doesn't speak English or any other human language, but Aladdin and everyone else in the movie can understand what he's saying. Right. So... <laughs> I don't know if he's just like speaking 
like maybe he's from the guys that are in Louisiana and they need <laughs> subtitles. And that's what Abu speaks I some like. No, Abu. Well, because we have to assume that everyone actually in Aladdin is speaking Arabic. Right. So maybe Abu's just right. speaking some like back sand dune version of Arabic that they, everyone understands, actually, but we can't. An even more awesome language. Of monkey? Called Frank Welker. And because means. he is voiced by Frank Welker, even no. though he doesn't speak English, he gets in under the Frank Welker rule, which states that if Matthew is on the panel and you <laughs> say Frank Welker, Matthew goes, you're in. We love you. Frank Welker. Move on. He's Keep also going. the guy that said You're, good. you're, you're doing good, boy. Go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Abu. I mean, there's some Frank good Welker. conversation that uh, that Aladdin right, and Abu and even uh, even Princess Jasmine have with he, him. I mean, he, he does have the gl- glitch on his record of... Making the Cave of Wonders try to eat Aladdin and right. Abu, so he has that. But that was a pretty big jewel. I mean, if Aladdin would have seen it first, he probably would have touched it. Okay, that that and took he's a pretty... monkey. Yeah, <laughs> wah, can't, wah. You can't keep a monkey from grabbing something shiny. Nope. Rodrigo, what do you have on your number Plus four he this week? Turned into an elephant and still talked. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo. Um, my number four is uh, on my list because I found him and really still find it uh, extremely frightening when I first saw it. And I'm still really creeped out whenever I think about him. Um, y- you guys, uh, actually, uh, Zach, have you seen The NeverEnding Story? <gasps> no. It actually has an I ending. I haven't. You have not? No. Oh, up, going right, on well, the list. Let's put that on... Uh, Going on the on list. list. <laughs> right after. Actually, it's on. It's on. It's on the list. Right. Really? Right after. Uh, right before North by Northwest. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. We're always when wanting. We our, when we work our way back to the eighties, uh, we'll we'll watch uh, Never Ending Story. But um, Never Ending Story features a character very briefly. He's only there for a little bit, um, and I'm talking. I think his name gets mentioned once, and that's. Gamork, hmm. and he is a giant ass wolf that works for the nothing. Yeah, and he is—he has been searching for uh, the main character, um, and finally runs into him and realizes that it's him. Very close, or pretty close to the end of the movie, and this thing is really creepy. Has a really deep voice. Is an entirely practical effect puppet, so. You can see like the muscles in its in his mouth like inflating and deflating and stuff, but it's still very uh very natural in a way. You know, great puppeteer work. And this thing is really scary. I think I don't know if I hadn't been scared of him when I was a kid. I don't know if coming back to it I would be like, oh whatever. But no, this guy is like this guy freaks me out. And that's why uh Gamork from the Never Ending Story is uh my number four. Nice. All right, excellent. Matthew, uh, over to you with number four. My number four is kind of an anomaly for me because certain characters cross boundaries of media. And in the case of a character, uh, for those of you who don't necessarily listen to our other shows, I am primarily the comic book guy. So in the case of a character who originates in comics, usually I'm going to say that the comics interpretation is the the only true one, or at least the most true one. In this case, 
that is not the case. Um, the comic interpretation of this character is actually pretty dull. But when translated into live action, this character became nuanced and deep and hilarious for all the right and all the wrong reasons. In an American sitcom on Friday nights called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I'm talking about her pet cat, Salem Saberhagen, voiced by Nick Bakai, who I remember from uh, early, early, early days of Comedy Central. Nick Bakai was uh, the sidekick on uh, one of the shows. I think it may have been called Up All Night. And played by some of the most ridiculous puppets you have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Otter Disaster and I used to sit home on Friday nights, and that part of the sentence should not surprise you. And we 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 would (laughs) doesn't surprise me. And we would just go, "Oh my, yeah!" Because you were the other side of town working on the radio. We were listening to you, Mister. But Sam was so badly puppeteered. Sometimes it was so pathetic. And then they upgraded the puppet to where it almost looked like a cat. But no matter what. You have to love a warlock who was so evil that he took over the world and then was punished by being turned into a cat for a thousand years. And so Salem always has, he's the deadpan snarker. He always has something cool to say. And watching them try and make this cat look like a real cat, especially during the scenes when he had to walk around and they used a real cat. Yeah. So they they get a real cat and he'd run around and he'd climb up on something and all of a sudden this freaking Muppet would be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> Pathetic, but <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> it was like Robocop. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> Creep. You have five Where's seconds to comply. Name? Yeah. My, but my number four is the ridiculous puppet of Salem Saberhagen from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Awesome. Oh, we are already at our number threes. Number three for me. Number three, number three, number three. Is a movie that I've only seen once, but I've enjoyed it enough. Mm. And I think it is the uh, the voice acting of Christine Cavanaugh that sells it for me. But it is the story about a farmer who wins a little piglet. And the piglet decides that it will take it upon himself to learn how to become a sheepdog. And the movie ends with, that'll do, pig. That'll do. I am talking about Babe. And the little spider. <laughs> says oh no 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 not that not that uh not that piggy movie i'm talking about babe and i'm not talking about babe in the big city because that one's kind of scary to an extent talking about the first babe movie pig in the city City is a completely different yes it is it's there's no reason why it needed to be the the sequel to babe it's a completely different movie yep Oh, yeah. But I like 1995's Babe, the little pit talking pig, and Christine Cavanaugh going, la, 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 la. It just always sells it for me with that pig. <laughs> so there you go. And then, of course, oh, Ram, you. and then, of course, the uh, the father of the uh, the warp drive uh, just saying, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> My number three. <laughs> Zephyrin Cochran. Zephyrin Cochran. <laughs> Babe. Uh, Zach, what do you have on your number three? Number three also comes from the land of Disney. It should be no surprise. What? Yeah, I love me some Disney movies. Uh, Another great 90s Disney movie. One of the quintessential characters for me of this movie. So much comic relief that he even, him and his partner got their own spinoff movie. And that is Pumbaa from The Lion King. Him and Timon. Just, (laughs) you know, just two bros for life. Raising a lion, just chilling, flatulating by the pond, uh, eating some bugs, 
Just the they life. call me Mr. Pig. <laughs> just, I mean, they have wisdom uh, beyond what they are given credit for. They, Pumbaa, just wonderful character from The Lion King. If you haven't seen Lion King one and a half, Lion, Lion, what? Lion around? Kimba, what? Lion King. Okay. Maybe I'll check. Prince and Guildenstern are animals. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that movie out someday. It's probably you should probably put on the list. Really? Probably put on the list. Lion King, huh? Mm Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So like it sounds like kind of like a Hamlet kind of thing. And uh, I would say probably in that realm. Huh. All right. Um, you should probably read the original issues before <laughs> you watch the movie to get a greater appreciation for what is talked about. <laughs> but that's, that's why we have me. Zach on the show. Just me. Rodrigo, what do you got in your number three? Uh, my number three is a character that um, I always felt was a little bland and uh, didn't, I, I think, didn't really appreciate. Um, until I got to a point where I was in a similar situation as this character. Now, what this guy does is he has a, a, a group of rowdy, ridiculous creatures, some of which are also animals, that he needs to like mold together into a working variety show every week or once a year when a movie comes out. Um, and up until I started uh, being the game master for Critical Hit, I didn't r- appreciate <laughs> how difficult that sort of thing can be. So um, number three goes to my newfound appreciation for Kermit the Frog, um, <laughs> basically the leader of the Muppets. Where do um, I get my boomerang fish? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's exactly like that. Right, right down to like right, right down to the jokes. But um, yeah, I mean, they're antiques. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, Kermit the Frog uh, is a singing, dancing, talking frog um, who exists in a world full of people and also full of other weird creatures. Um, He is always uh, usually finds a way to stay positive up until his friends finally drive him crazy, at which point everybody knows Kermit is basically that uh, that pressure valve. It says things have gotten bad the moment that Kermit gives up, and that's usually when the movie turns. So, uh, number three for me, Kermit the Frog. Excellent. Matthew, over to that's you. Funny. My number three combines three of my great loves. Uh, that being time travel, cartoons, and horrible puns. Uh, dating back to my childhood, much, much like Zach, Uh, I watched cartoons when I was a kid. Unlike Zach, it was more than five years ago. I watched cartoons (laughs) in their original network form. In their original issues. No, usually they were syndicated. But one of the things that I watched syndicated was Rocky and his friends. And Rocky and his friends featured Peabody's improbable history. Quite you. Featuring Mr. Peabody, a talking dog, and his boy Sherman, who invented a machine to go back in time so that he could show Sherman what history was like. So he would go back to, I don't know, the, the battle of Bighorn or Robinson Crusoe or things. Some of the things that he went back to were actually fictional, which I thought was fascinating. Nice. 
and every episode would end with a terrible pun. They went, he went back in time and, uh, in the, the Revolutionary War, they found a rooster who foiled the plans of the British loyalists. What, you've never heard of chicken catch a Tory? Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, Mr. Horrible. Peabody. And, and the voice work on Peabody was fascinating oh, yeah, because great. he talked like this. Oh, it was great. Quiet you. Quiet you. Amazing. Yeah. And you hear, you know, <laughs> Zach, when we do that other show that we do, the Zach on Film segment for our listeners, when we talk about things that have influence later on, you listen to Peabody say quiet you and then you flash forward to the simpsons and you hear mr burns say the exact same thing to uh smithers mm-hmm. in, the exact uh, in the exact same yeah. voice quiet you that's that's where it all comes from so there's a reason why it's important to study your and pop that's culture where Steven gets it too <laughs> yeah exactly where i get it i used to love peabody and mr sherman's uh adventures you know they're supposed to be making a live action movie about that yeah that sounds kind of horrible yeah i'm a little worried about that I it just the the existence of a wayback machine invented by a dog kind of really underlines my fundamental understanding of how the universe works, <laughs> and that's why my number three is Mister Peabody. Quiet, you. I'm gonna need some help on my uh, my number two uh, movie. You know, I, I'm Quiet. I'm like I'm like Zach. I uh, love everything Disney mm-hmm. and love everything Pixar. So when some upstart company named DreamWorks comes along. And they want to offer their big 3D movie. Uh, I got to sit there and go, this is going to be a piece of crap cakes. And then I go and I sit sit down and I watch the movie and it's got this guy who used to be on Saturday Night Live who's not anymore. And he's doing the voice and it sounds pretty funny and he's pulling earwax out of his big green ears and uh, just having a life uh, living in the swamp until suddenly all the other fairy tale animals are basically put into a concentration camp and he has to go take care of it. And one of the animals that he comes across is played by Eddie Murphy donkey (laughs) donkey from Shrek. Uh, I need, I need Matthew to do his Shrek donkey is Shrek uh, talking to donkey voice. That'll do donkey. That'll do. I just, said no parfait. Wait. Everyone likes a parfait. <laughs> All right. Everyone said you want some parfait. Be like, hey, no, I don't want no parfait. You can't see a house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. You know that's uh, the improbability of, and I never, and I, I haven't watched Shrek in a long time. I need to sit the boy down and see if he'll he'll watch <laughs> it. But so many reference. I mean, that's a movie that's kind of locked into a certain time period because of a lot of the references that are being made. I don't know if it would hold up today, but man, just Eddie Murphy talking his donkey yeah. just cracks me up. And that's why he's on my number two. There's actually a live musical that they're performing down here at the university come February oh, of Shrek that. the Musical. I don't know if I'm interested in seeing yeah. that or not, but uh, it could be interesting. Yeah. Interesting is probably a solid but, word. Uh, my favorite part is the, the outtake where they, they miscalculated something and donkey is this puffball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still <laughs> walking around. Yeah, yeah. I don't want no dragon. I don't want to see no dragon. <laughs> I'm master the stare. <laughs> yeah, Donkey is great, and I put him on my number two. Zach, what do you got? Let me guess. A Disney uh, movie? It is a Disney movie. Uh, is it Bambi? No. Is okay. it is it Thumper? Nope. Is it uh Flower? Nope. Is it uh the little the little mice from Cinderella? Nope. Is it um you Mickey Mouse? The 50s? Nope. Move into the fifties. I am Cinderella. Uh, is it uh, the Rescuers? Nope. Is it the Rescuers it Down Super Under? Mm. No, I looked at that. Decided against it. 
The Rescuers Down Under? That's yeah. actually a really good movie. I know. It's a really good movie. I'm on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, what, let's, what, what if I said, what if I said Eddie Murphy? Would that help you? Donkey? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, it's a good, good pick, though. Mushu? Uh, yeah. yes. Mushu. Uh, I don't do that tongue thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My poor, number poor two Murphy. is Mushu. No, not poor Eddie Murphy. He, he has some great. No, because he ends up getting locked into a voice stereotype because well, Mushu true. and Donkey oh, same voice. are the same exact yeah, voice. Yeah. He right, doesn't right, have a lot of range. Good. Just like now, ever since he was successful with The Nutty Professor, every character's got to be something where he's got to dress up into a million different fat suits and dance around. Well, I was forced to watch Dreamgirls the other day, and he's in he's there. He's actually in that. And he does, he does really well. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. So, and he doesn't play in a fat suit, which was nice. Uh, but back for number two, which is Mushu, uh, a guardian dragon sent to protect Mulan as she goes out into battle for her family. Uh, just a wonderful comedic relief for another wonderful Disney movie. Yeah. Plays a, gets to do a little Batman moment there at the end. Yes, totally. Have you guys seen that, Matthew? You've probably seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, it's a good. Donnie Osmond like makes like a man of her. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, over to you with number two. Is it also uh, an Eddie Murphy character? Please two. say that everybody's got an Eddie it Murphy is, character as as number two. That that would be funny. If everybody's number two was an Eddie Murphy character, but we're running out of animals, and we're running out of Eddie Murphy characters. Yeah, um, in forty eight hours. Yes. Now, my number two uh, character well, well, uh, is, uh, in fact, not Eddie Murphy. Um, it hasn't been played by Eddie Murphy yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, he, my number two is a complete psychopath. Uh, he is insane. He is dangerous. And usually people don't realize it until it's too late. And he's already, like, living in their house. And has shaven their head and is hitting him in the face with pies. And then, like, maybe, like, he, like, Nazis try to shoot him down. And then he, like, Stephen makes is fun not of them. a talking animal. <laughs> oh, I no, can I'm be. I'm talking about. Yes. Actually, uh, Stephen is a uh, chinchilla. In your costumes? <laughs> Little known fact Stephen is, Stephen <laughs> at least is a, I'm not a South American mouse. At least I'm not a Monchichi, so there you go. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Um, no, my number two is Daffy Duck, who is oh, yeah. a really, really insane guy. Um, he is a Warner Brothers character and as such, uh, features two prominent, um, really debilitating features. One, um, he is mentally insane <laughs> and two has a speech impediment. Despicable. Yep. Um, so he spits all over the place and really Daffy's, uh, personality hasn't changed much. Yeah. Um, you know, Bugs Bunny frequently gets moved into this either hero or, um, kind of straight man role, um, as they've tried to shape the Looney Tunes into kind of this cohesive group Mm -hmm. as opposed to all these like individual jerks which is what they were to begin with right but that has really allowed the the fact that bugs bunny gets turned into the leader has really allowed daffy duck to stay a completely hyperactive insane 
jerkwad. And I really appreciate that personally when I'm when I'm watching anything that Daffy Duck is in. So my number two, Daffy Duck. Do you prefer you know what's early thing about Daffy from? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you go, go ahead, ahead, Matthew. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, thank you. Know you. Oh, you want to say from uh, uh, a? Oh no, after you. No, 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 no please, no, after, after you. you. After you. No, we go through the door cartoon. at the same time. We get stuck. Different cartoon. Knuckleheads. <laughs> Go ahead, man. And we go through the door individually. Sometimes we get stuck. <laughs> sometimes hey, speak for yourself. The door. Daffy, Daffy <laughs> is so awesome that from an etymological standpoint, Daffy actually changed the expectation of the pronunciation of his catchphrase. Because before Daffy Duck, the word was generally pronounced despicable. Really? But because of the way Daffy said despicable, they actually move that emphasis to the second syllable, Interesting. thus changing the general expectation of the word. Now, granted, I mean, language mutates like that all the time. But I love the fact that it's generally, and it, it may be entirely fallacious, but I love the fact that it's generally credited to Daffy Duck, that shift in pronunciation of the word. Sense. Daffy Duck has been around for a long time and has been part mm-hmm. of the public American consciousness for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Well, over. I mean, boy, I'm pretty sure 80, Daffy Duck 70, 80 years was now. around for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how do you are, how do you like your Daffy, Daffy Duck? Duck? There are Daffy Duck shorts of him fighting Nazis, like I said. Yeah. yeah. So you know, basically, he dates World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you like your Daffy Duck insane and over the top like he was in in his early appearances in the Merry Melodies, or do you like him more? Um, <laughs> More during the Chuck Jones, uh, uh, you you know, the, the uh, duck season, rabbit cowards. season. You shoot him. No, shoot me now. Mm-hmm. Shoot me now. I think I I think I like uh, Daffy um, all the all cranked all the way to crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. where he's just <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't stand still. Just mm-hmm. bouncing off the walls all the time. Stops only long enough to screw over someone whose only real fault is that they are in a cartoon with him. Right, 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 right. Yep, that's my favorite Daffy as well. Like, oh, a hunter is trying to hunt him, and then it's like, fine. But, you know, Daffy doesn't just, like, go up to the hunter and then, like, mess with him a little bit and then leave him alone. He, like, crushes his soul Mm -hmm. and then crushes (laughs) his dog's soul, whose only fault was to be owned by a hunter. Atsamara, Atsamara, hey, Atsamara for you. Yep. Good one at your number two, which brings us. Oh, Matthew's got a number two yet still to go. Is it, uh, is it Eddie Murphy? Does have a number two. Is it Eddie Murphy? It's not Eddie Murphy. However, Darn. when we were in college, you may remember Power Ranger? Talking Animal. <laughs> oh. Stephen and I, when we were in college, actually worked for the college radio station, KFHS, The Rock of Fort Hayes State. <laughs> Not and quite that we anymore. used to air commercials, even though we didn't have commercials. And one of the things we would air was a little PSA called Tips on Life. Oh, yeah. And one of the tips on life that Otter Disaster and I still make oh, jokes still about fun. this hey, very day. And I talked, with the, story? I talked with Dr. Keith a couple of weeks ago, and I told him that that's still one of my, yeah. the one that I remember the most. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yep. people still remember that one. And it was the story of a young researcher who was interacting with uh, one of his test subjects. And the test subject was unhappy with him and in sign language called him Feces Roger, combining his name with a word that she considered to be something awful. 
And in this case, it was Washo the chimpanzee, who was one of the first, if not the first non-human, who learned to communicate using ASL, American Sign Language. And Washo started out as kind of, I, I think, kind of a hippy-dippy experiment where this couple kept her at home and treated her like an adult human, or not an adult, a human child, and taught her signs. And Washo learned how to say things like they'd show her a doll and she would sign baby. And they'd show her a cup and she would sign cup. They'd stick the doll in the cup and she would sign baby cup. And Washo learned, I think, two or three hundred individual signs. And one of the things that people always talk about was at one point she saw a swan. She didn't know the word swan, but she was signed water bird. Mm -hmm. The two words that made sense, kind of like feces Roger. Right. Mm -hmm. And people started to think there was one, apparently one of her caretakers was a pregnant woman who miscarried. And the chimp, when someone would leave and she didn't know her and she wasn't around, would get mad and would treat them differently. And this woman came back and Washoe was treating her poorly. And Washoe signed you know, to her and the woman signed back, I'm sorry, my baby died. And apparently the chimpanzee just kind of looked at her and made the sign for cry, indicating that she was sad. Chimpanzees do not cry. Right, right. But she understood. She was like, the, the, the animal, the chimpanzee, understood this. She told her my baby died, and she was ex exhibiting sympathy. I remember the first time this happened with my two-year-old child, and it was a thunderbolt. And I can only imagine how weird it was to have something not, e not even human understanding this concept and making that emotional connection in her head. Now, sadly, I think Washoe passed away seven, eight years ago. But it's just fascinating to me to hear the stories of teaching this creature, this, you know, animal, primate, to speak in a manner that, you know, it approximates the English language, a language that we shared with her. That's just fascinating to me. Wow. Which is why my number two is Washoe. Which is really weird because now we are at our number ones. And Matthew's talking about a monkey that mm -hmm. learns to sign to do sign language. Imagine if it doesn't rocketing a off into space and landing on a distant planet that you think is a distant planet, and suddenly there are apes riding horses. And it's the humans that are being captured and thrown in cages and treated like pests and treated like animals. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're being embraced. In this embraced. world, we will not spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. And suddenly you're being embraced <laughs> by a chimpanzee. And so the chimpanzee is talking to you. And the chimpanzee understands you and is surprised that you can talk. Because we, the chimpanzee, should be teaching the human sign language. <laughs> and maybe you accidentally utter the words, get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. And suddenly, everything goes to hell. <gasps> and then suddenly... You realize, wait a minute, that was our planet. <laughs> Damn you! you Damn you all to hell! You blew it up! You blew it up! You but whether you are Homer Simpson or, or Charlton Heston, you're going to need some little help from Cornelius, the uh, the science chimp from Planet of the Apes, played by uh, Roddy, um, what's his name? Roddy, McDowell. Roddy McDowell in the original movie. 
Uh, and we get to see our first uh, interspecies kiss on camera. Whoa. Where uh, Heston embraces, uh, what's her name? What was it's the Zira. girl? Zira. And gives her a big old Zira. smooch. If if you only weren't so damn ugly, <laughs> ugly. she tells me. Yeah. It'd be really, we're talking about showing the uh, the boy uh, Star Wars after mm-hmm. he grows up. It'd be really, <laughs> be really weird to show a kid who just attributes every actor as the same person, show him the Ten Commandments, oh, and yeah, then show yeah. him Planet of the Apes. <laughs> look what this man did in his life. <laughs> oh. This is the part... This is the part after he leaves leads the tribe for forty years. He gets put in a space capsule. Wait a minute, that was and our then planet. When he comes back, everyone's an ape. Let that be an object lesson to you, boy. <laughs> and then he leads the apes to victory, but he dies right before the big war. So they stick him on a horse, and he just rides around dead. And right then eventually, no, no. Then eventually, don't forget the part where. Uh, Eventually, he goes out and fights zombie vampires. Zompires. Z- zompires. Omega Men, if you haven't seen it. Zach. No, I haven't. All right, put it on the list. All right. Uh, so, yes, number one for me, Cornelius, Planet of the Apes. At a time, you know, when masks nice. were not done very, very well, yet they were able to capture a, not a, always, not a good well. range of emotions from McDowell oh, in yeah. that movie. From from McDowell and from uh, what's her face and uh, Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas was really good too. Doctor Zayas. Although it was, seems like the gorillas Zayas, were always the ones that were still kind of rubbery. Well, and the gorilla face was so much larger. But Zayas, I mean, there are there are points where Maurice, uh, what's his face, the guy playing Doctor Zayas, would cock an eyebrow and mm-hmm. look all snotty, mm-hmm. and you it would come through that orangutan makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he later became Samantha's father on Bewitched. So. Wah, 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 wah. There you go. Zach, slap us with your Disney number one. False. What? Not Disney. Not Disney for my number one. My number one comes from a property that was before my time and has continued on through my Some, life. Something before and, 1998. Uh, <laughs> yes. And has continued even to my younger siblings' generations. So he now watches the show on TV. And every time I go home, he asks me who's my favorite. And I tell him. And then we agree because he's obviously the best. And probably should have his own show because he's that awesome. And this is Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. He is a it talking. Was before my time, he was it's like I time. was in high school. <laughs> before my time, uh, he is a talking mutated turtle who won't pay for full price for late pizza and uses nunchucks to sometimes hover, depending on what video game you're playing. Wonderful. Oh, I played the original arcade uh, Ninja Turtles. Did you? Oh boy, we have we have one of them on. I'm not talking NES. any. I'm not talking no, home no, video. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about the, console. Yeah, console. We have one of those games on NES. It's just freaking impossible. Get off! My it's lawn. so hard. But Michelangelo Are is my favorite me? talking animal by far. Party! He is much wisdom. Cowabunga, dude! Yeah. All right, Rodrigo, <laughs> slap awesome us Nova. and surprise us with your number one, please. Chevy Nova. My number one is going to be surprising because you guys are going to be like, who the crap is that? (laughs) Um, But it is a Disney animal. 
So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the ball here. Um, my number one talking animal is Alan Adale. Oh, from Robin Hood. That's right. The uh, rooster, rooster who basically, mm-hmm. yes, who basically narrates the story to mm-hmm. you. I just love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is super cool. He's like super relaxed, but also he's a chicken. Um, he's way more uh, chickeny than all the other animals are animally. Like he looks like a bird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his, you know, he's got that weird thing where like his knees bend backwards. Well, technically not his knees. He just has his ankles very high up. Blah blah blah. Biology. But you know, he has that gait like a bird mm-hmm. and everything. And I was, I, I watched, I rewatched uh, Disney's Robin Hood reason while I was uh, on vacation. And um, I kind of started talking to people on on Twitter about it. And I was like, man, I'm really, in, I really like that rooster. And somebody was like, yeah, wouldn't every movie be great if, they, if it was narrated by that guy? And I was like, yes, yes, it would be. Now, you guys know, because I told you already, that the Ghostbusters went on to beat that extra natural terror. Right. But this is the story of how they faced against Vigo de Carpathian. <laughs> and wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> so, yes. Well, yeah. old Galactus is kind of troublesome, but the Fantastic Four, they yep. might have something up their sleeve. Yeah, Roger <laughs> Miller. Got his number, if you know what I mean. Roger Miller is the voice of uh, Alan Adale. Died yeah, in 1992. Uh, just, just a, a, a really cool character. He's in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets... He gets taken in with the with uh, the merry men, and he gets uh, incarcerated, and eventually uh, breaks out uh, into Sherwood Forest. And he just keeps telling the story as he goes. It's just I don't know. I just think that guy's super cool. Why do I always associate Robin that Hood with the hamster not as old dance? As I thought it was. What? Because that's um, the song. That's yeah. the song. Exactly. That's it. They just speed it up. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's the same track. It's literally the song from Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Sped, Sped up. up. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Yeah, Robin Hood 1973. So. If, have you seen that, Zach? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and one of the characters is basically Baloo the Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, I've, I've heard complaints that people are like, I can't believe that they just used the same bit, like the same animation and the same actor to play Little John as Baloo. And I was like, I don't know. It just sounds cool to me that that bear got two jobs in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, yeah they it's just like hired the Disney, same bear. Disney is a repertory company. Well, they did, mm-hmm. and, and for that a long bear time, got two different gigs. Well, for the and long that, time, Disney would have a stock group of actors do the voices in a lot of their their animated features, and so it's not surprising that hey, we need uh, we need somebody to play a fry truck. Well, you know, a bear is kind of big like a fry truck. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, let's get so and so who just yeah. did Jungle Book for us a few years ago and bring him on, and boom, there you have it. And that's yeah, that's and really how it worked. Voice actor doing yeah, 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 yeah. That that bear, it's kind of like has uh, a voice, and he plays different roles, and that's cool. It, it, it's kind of like uh, in the, their live action stuff. It was like Tim Conway, Don Knotts, and Buddy Hackett. You know, let's see how many of those movies we can yep. throw them in until we're tired of them. <laughs> <laughs> but good number one, good number one, Rodrigo. Well, that- Wonderful number, and they, and they do that today with you know with like their teen actors. They just mm-hmm. keep like mm-hmm. throwing them into things as they right. grow to kind well, of grow that once, brand. Yeah, once they get big enough to get out of the cloning vats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
All right, Matthew, it is down to you. Number one, my, talking animal. My number one, and there was some argument, and I started thinking about this. This almost turned into a list of my number one talking dogs, because uh, it was almost all dogs before I started thinking, maybe I should pull away from the dogs. And for a while, it was all superhero dogs, because uh, <laughs> Hong Kong Fooey damn near made the list, and mm. Goofy, Super Goof, mm -hmm. who is at least partially a dog, damn near made the list. But I thought, you know, maybe I should cut back on my superhero dogs. But sometimes, gentlemen, sometimes when criminals in this world appear and break the very laws that they should fear and rob and steal from those who near, the cry goes out both far and near for underdog, underdog. Thunderdog. When Polly's in trouble, I am not slow. It's hip, 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 and away I go. Speed the of lightning. Nine on planet Earth. Roar of thunder. Fighting <laughs> all who rob and plunder. Underdog. Do you know who Underdog, underdog. is, Zach? I've heard of him before. And not the uh, not that live action fiasco. Oh, the one I just like the test that thing that... a couple weeks ago. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, that was Hong Kong Fooey. No, oh, that's Fooey. right. That's right. Uh, I'm talking about the live this action the movie, movie of Underdog. The, the final nail in the coffin of uh, poor Underdog. Of uh, what's his name? Jason, Jason Lee. Career. Oh, I forgot underdog, he was in that. My young friend. Yeah, yeah underdog, underdog is basically a young lad named Shoeshine Boy, and Shoeshine Boy happens to have access to a super energy vitamin pill. That he keeps in his, in his ring, ring, you yeah. see. And when there's trouble, he leaps into a telephone booth, takes the vitamin pill, and explodes. Because the secret compartment of his ring he fills with an underdog energy vitamin pill. A massively entertaining show that I watched when I was a kid. Oh, because yeah. it referenced everything. There is an entire, my favorite episode of Underdog, possibly my favorite cartoon ever in my entire life, is an episode of Underdog that references High Noon, mm -hmm. where Underdog is trapped without his ring and his power pill in this uh, little western town, and Riff Raff has challenged him to a gunfight, and they do this beautiful uh, western rendition of the theme, where they're like, an Underdog, once he was lightning, because he's got no yeah, powers. Yeah. And then they do a whole High Noon riff, and he gets his powers back at the last moment, and he goes to the gunfight anyway. And I'm getting goosebumps because the, he pulls his gun and he fires. The bad guys start firing and the bullets are bouncing off him and he's shooting all their guns. Oh, it's great. So who, who was the better villain? The wiki. Who was the better villain, Simon Bar Sinister or Riff Raff? I have to give the edge to Simon simply because Simon had better plans. Mm. Riff Raff was not very bright. Like the time that he had the guy who looked just like Underdog. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is my friend Tap Tap. Yeah, yeah. No, but Simon had Simon's uh, little phone booth, the phony booths mm -hmm. that took over your mind and put a little <laughs> a little rotating light on your head that indicated that your brain was under his control. Yeah, that was subtle right there. <laughs> you know, for some reason, I don't know why this was, and maybe it's the way they lined it up in the block when I was a kid. But it was always like you could watch mm -hmm. Underdog and um, Tennessee Tuxedo and Bullwinkle and. Um, uh, what's his face of the Mounties and the Savoir Fair is everywhere. Dudley Do Right, Dudley Dudley Do -Right. Do -Right. and yeah, the Klondike Klondike Cat. Cat. 
Go, go, gopher. Yeah, it was like all of those were just mashed together, and they were all done by different companies, right? I mean, that's at least what I remember. Um, those were actually all done by Total TV. By who? And when they, they were individual shows, like Total Television. Right, right, right. They did uh, Klondike Cat, Tennessee yeah. Tuxedo, and all of those. And they would stuff them all together. Now, some of them were different, but I think we watched the same shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Up the same channel. Oh, yeah. It was on 41 or something like that. But it was just like they mashed that whole entire block up together. So it was like you'd see a fractured fairy tales followed by a Dudley Do-Right followed by a Mr. Peabody followed by a, uh, you know. Savoir Faire is everywhere. Oh, Chris, you crazy cat. Oh, get that mouse. I'll make me. That should have been up there on my list. I think it was last week when we were putting this together. I was like, oh, who was that Klondike cat? Ah, I'll make mince me out of that yeah. mouse. And voiced by Wally Cox, he has this, this wonderful <laughs> understated voice where yeah, he yeah. sounds like this. And that's the problem with the underdog live action movie with the actual dog. Mm-hmm. They gave him this voice where he's like, hey, look at me. I'm awesome. Underdog's voice has to sound like this. Mm-hmm. He has to sound like a nebbish. And then punch your skull to the other side of your face. That's wow. what Underdog does. The whole the whole premise of the Underdog movie was completely different from the Underdog show. Right, 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 right. I it mean, was, yeah. yeah, just it was just not right. All right, listeners. And Underdog had one thing stick with me to this very day. Just fill time in the middle of the episode. They'd be like, and see what's coming up on our next show. Yeah. And then they just put this random thing in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, but these are the same ones every shut up. Yeah. We're looking at the next show. Okay. We're looking at the next show. Well, you know, if you look at Aquabats today, uh, at the start of every episode, yeah. they're like previously in Aquabats. And then they show a bunch yeah. of random stuff that is not even has not ever happened. You've never seen it before. And the boy sits there and he goes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why are they showing stuff that that didn't happen in the last episode? I'm like, that's the joke. And then he kind of sits there for a moment. He goes, ha 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 ha. And you're like, you don't get it. (laughs) Arrested (laughs) development did that at the end of the shows. They'd be like, and in next week. Yeah. yeah. All right, listeners, before we get out of here, we usually ask you to head over to Majorspoilers.com and share your list of talking animals. And we still want you to do that. Uh, But before we get out of here in the past, we have done our also rands this week. Matthew's wife has come up with a list of uh, top five uh, talking <laughs> animals. I, I take it she's not around some at the moment. Actually, some of them are actually talking uh, animals, or is this a cannoli thing. thing all over again? <laughs> yes, this is a cannoli thing. Some of them are actually duplicates of my list. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, my wife's top five list includes, let's see, hang on, let me get my little text message over here. Her five is the best five. Uh, number five, of course, Mr. Peabody. Mm-hmm. Number four, Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Number, Holy number crap. three, X the Owl from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, number two, I don't know how numbers work, Snagglepuss, exit, stage left. Yeah. And her number one, Freddy the Frog from the New Zoo Review. There you go. There you remember go, listeners. Fre- Freddy the Frog. <laughs> there you go, listeners. There's an alternate five for you. Can you top that off? You know, it's be like uh-huh. Scooby Doo and Underdog, and uh, uh, who would else be Scrappy. on that? Scrappy, Scrappy Doo, Scooby Dog, and Underdog. Oh man, you Fog could probably just Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn's not Scooby on the Dumb. list. You could put Sco- all Scooby Doo and his Foghorn, like Foghorn, Speedy Gonzalez, Howard the Duck. There's like wow. a thousand ducks that yeah. could go on. This Howard list. the Skippy Duck, Skippy the Duck, yeah, Skippy the Wonder Chicken. That that four armed duck from Bucky O'Hare. Also, yeah. Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> Count Ducula. Count Ducula. 
Yeah. Deadeye was the duck from Bucky O'Hare. That's by the, the way. one. See, I yeah. watched it in Spanish, so they changed all their names. So I have no, except for Bucky O'Hare. I have no idea what any of those guys were actually <laughs> called in English. Yosagi Yojimbo. I think uh, so yeah, Yosagi Yojimbo. El Ojo Muerte. Actually, his name in Spanish was Patuerto, which is a portmanteau of Pato, which is duck, and Tuerto, which is a guy who's missing an eye. Nice. That's a good name. The yeah. more you know. Tales of the Bean World. All right, everybody. We got to get out of here. We have other things to do. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for downloading. And if you want to uh, support the show in some way, consider making a $2, a $5, or a $10 a month recurring donation. It certainly helps us out. Or you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can click on the Amazon.com link. Perhaps our talk of a Stuart Little or... Uh, the never-ending story, or any of these other things that we've mentioned today, there probably is a Bullwinkle, the Moose uh, Peabody collection that you can find out there. Click on that Amazon.com link, buy it in the DVD section over there. You still get it. We get a little credit for that, and it helps us on our merry way. Everyone's a winner. Yay! And we like that, and we like you, and we want to see you next time on Top 5. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.